PHM Experience, the podcast. This is a production of Powerhouse Ministries in Smyrna, Delaware, and we are going to be bringing you weekly sermons and our midweek services, as well as podcasts and interviews that we think are going to empower and enrich your life. When you're done listening, feel free to share with someone else, because you never know what impact the word may make. Be blessed. meditation and then he woke me up this spirit and he just started downloading you know, I thought I had something else I was going to deal with, with giving but he said no 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 this is it right here and so we thank God for the download this morning and we appreciate God's presence and his power amen because as a pastor and as a man of God we go before the Lord for you amen asking God what does what does your people need what do they need to hear what needs to be said so that their lives can emulate your desire. Think about it. I mean, our, the church is a place where we find out what the mind of God is concerning us, and then we, fig- we find out the strategy and the way to implement that desire and put it into action on planet Earth. Because honestly, bring glory to God. Yes, a shout and a hallelujah and a run is good, but actually manifesting what his mind is about us will bring him the greatest glory. Is, you know, think about it as a parent, if many of you have been parents, you have a certain ideal of how you want your child to come out. And when that child begins to go on the path that you have set for it, it brings you great pride. Amen? And it hurts you when they go the opposite direction and they're not doing what you want them to do with their life. Amen? So we have a father, Father God. He already has a plan for us. And when we get into the word and when we get aligned with the spirit of God and we begin to emulate that which his heart is toward us, that's what brings him the greatest pride, the greatest glory. Amen? And so I want to live a life that brings glory to God. Amen? How about you? And so to live that kind of life, we got to align ourselves with the word of the Lord and then find a way to practice that word that will bring us to the place of our expected end. And the church said amen. Amen. Giving God, giving honor to my wife who is not here today, but she is with us in prayer. Amen. We thank God for all of the leaders and all of the saints of God. We appreciate the online church that stays with us. Amen. That's with us even now. And we, appre- we pray that we'll say something on today in the next couple of weeks that will help you radically change your life. I want you to declare that with me. Something's getting ready to happen that's going to radically change my life for the good. Amen. Declare it again. Something's getting ready to happen that's radically going to change my life for the good. Now, one time for the Holy Ghost. Something's good's getting ready to happen that's radically going to change my life for the good. Amen. Clap your hands, all you people, and bless him one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Foundations, 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 foundations. In the book of Judges, we'll start our 13th chapter. The book of Judges, 13th chapter, we will start. Um, I actually have the NIV version uh, up on my screen here. I usually read King James. Help me, Lord. Amen. But I'm going to be all right. In the preface of the scripture, I wanted to, you would understand that um, psychologically, we even understand we have a conscious mind and we have a subconscious mind. Um, the conscious mind can function based on the information that's 
prevalent in our minds at that time, and we act on that based on that moment. But many of us, the truth of the matter is, our subconscious mind rules because there are certain principles, rules, laws that have been instilled in the foundation of our fiber that really rule and control our behavior and our actions. The key to the word of God is getting it not just to the conscious mind where you're able to rehearse it or reverberate it or to uh, quote it, but the truth of the matter is you want to get to a place where the word of the Lord gets into your subconscious mind where it works without you thinking. And it takes time, you know, it takes time to, you can hear a good word and you can respond to it and it makes sense to you and you can grab it and you can have an incredible moment. Uh, but then life kicks in and you go back out in that world and because that word is not in your subconscious, then you refer back to the foundations of truth. Even if that truth is not good for you, it's still your truth. And in a split moment, we go back to the hard drive of our being to what is foundational, what is in our subconscious. And we'd be like, why did I do that? I knew better. Why did I say that? I knew better. Why did I act like that? Why did I respond that way? I knew I was supposed to hold my peace. Why did I cuss? Because there's some things, even though we have consciously, we're consciously righteous, but subconsciously still marred. Lord have mercy. And so we can know what to do, and we can know the right thing to do, but many times in a moment of crisis or split second, we always revert back to what we trust, and that's our foundation. And so I want to encourage you on today, and I want to share with you the word of the Lord, so hopefully I can give you some understanding of how to reprogram you so you can be what God has called you to be. And it's a task. It's a task. When you come to the altar and you get saved, or you get saved in your home, you get saved in the car, you accept Jesus Christ wherever you are, that conversion is done. I mean, that you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can cry, Abba, Father, and now you have been sealed to the day of redemption, and you have this new birth experience. But then the day after salvation, you still are carrying on and acting on. Many times after salvation, we still are carrying on as if we weren't saved. Because even though there is a new experience and a new enlightenment, that new enlightenment hasn't, uh, hasn't been reprogrammed in our subconscious, which is the core of who we are. And so we're still cussing, we're still lying, we're still cheating, we're still fornicating, even as we've had a godly experience, because that word or that experience hasn't got deep in us enough to change our behavior. Does that make sense? And so that's why church is so important, because we come to church to learn of the things, the ways of God. We come to learn of the routine of God. We come to learn of the word of God and we practice and we keep on trying. And even though a good man falls seven times, he always gets back up. The thing about it is he falls because he's learning. I mean, falling is a sign of learning, not failure. Amen. I mean, every time you get back up, okay, I got, I, I missed it that time, but let me, let me try to apply it this time. It's going to come around again. Let me tell you something. Whatever you fail in, it's going to come around again. And God loves you enough to keep bringing it around until you win. And so don't be so hard on yourself when you fail, when you fall short of the glory of God. Because God knows you need the time to build the truth in you to get to a place where it becomes now 
a sure foundation in who you are. Bless God. I just want to talk a little bit. I want to, I want to teach a little bit today because anyway, I, I can't hoop past this one. This one I got to take my time and, and talk to you about. The Bible says here, and we're going to start in Judges. It says, again, the Israelites, I'm reading the NIV. Where's those glasses at, Jesus? Help us, Lord. Again, the Israelites were evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Uh-huh. Chosen people did evil, so they got themselves in bondage. Lord have mercy. Isn't that something? A certain man of Zorah named uh, Mahon from the clan of Denites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childish. Duh. Okay. Once again, you got an angel coming telling you that you're barren and childish. But you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other firmament drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, the man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from. He didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, you will become pregnant and have a son. And now then, drink no wine or fermented drink and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. Manaham prayed to the Lord and pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. God heard Manaham and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field. But her husband Manaham was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, he's here. The man appeared to me the other day, Manaham got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, are you the man who talked to my wife? I am. He said, so Manaham asked him, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life in work? The angel of the Lord answered, your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I've commanded her. Mayhem said to the angel of the Lord, we would like you to stay until prepare the young goat. It keeps on going, and basically the angel wasn't going to eat with them, but his, his job was finished by giving him the lesson. As we know, this is the story of Samson. Samson was, as we know, one of the greatest or the strongest um, men to every living. It's interesting how we know Samson more based off of his gift than what his calling was. We know him as the strongest man to ever live, but his calling was to be a judge. <laughs> it's interesting how we are focused on our talents, but not on our purpose. The talents are to accentuate the purpose. We don't live for our talent. Our talent lives for our purpose. 
Samson needed the strength that God endowed him with so he could carry out his judge duties, so he could free Israel from the bondage of the Philistines of 40 years of tyranny. He was strong as a symbol of the strength of Israel. And so there came a certain uh, consecration, and today we'll call it a certain foundation that had to be established early in the beginning. It's interesting that the woman who had to carry the answer of their deliverance had to now practice a level of foundation. The foundation started with his mother. You cannot drink of, the, of, of, of any kind of wine. You cannot deal with any, any unclean food. And then the, the foundation of Samson's teaching came from his mother because God knew that the mother and the father, the parent, are the ones who established the original foundations of a child's life. And so they trained him to honor God. They trained him to worship God. They trained him, don't touch any dead thing. They trained him, amen, to stay within their covenant. They trained him not to drink of any wine. They trained him never to cut your hair. These were foundational principles in preparation to his purpose. Foundation, someone shout foundation. It's important and imperative that when God creates a person, he has a purpose for the person he creates. Here, and it's interesting that these two parents had enough wherewithal, honestly, you know, being a human being, being barren their whole marriage, being without child their whole marriage, to have God send a message to them saying you're going to have a child was enough just to celebrate and lose their mind right there. But they had enough, for, they had enough foresight to realize there must be something special why God is allowing us to birth this son, why God would take the time to release his angel to tell us that we're going to have a son. They said, wait a minute, I'm excited that I'm going to have a son, but how do we raise him? What is, what is the principles that we must build him by? What, based on his purpose, what do we do with him? And it's imperative in this season of our lives, even as pastors and as fathers, amen, the, the truth of the matter is even as parents, I talked to you for a minute, it's not really important that we be friends as much as we be preparers of our children's purpose. Many people want to just be their children's friend when but they got their own friends, amen, be their parent, be the person that's going to prepare the foundation for their success. And so many times, being that person who says what you can and cannot do, you will not always be their favorite, but we still have to instill these principles in them because they have a future to look forward to. I talk to believers on today, I've talked to you, and so many things that we're having trouble with in our lives is because we lack foundation in certain areas. There's a foundation. It's, it's, it's imperative. If we go to Matthew 7 and 21, the Bible says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 7, 21 verse. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have, not, have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock foundation. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. 
And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. The difference was it was the same storm. The difference between the two, two houses was one house had a foundation. The other house had sand that was not firm and not solid. And when the storm hit, the, the house slid right off into off the cliff. But the house that was built on the foundation weathered the same storm and was able to live through the storm and it did not fall. Many times we don't understand how important foundation is until a hit comes into your life. You don't understand how important the foundation is until you lose everything. Come on, somebody. You don't understand how good a foundation is until something you can't control overtakes your life. And so people, sometimes we, 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 we mimic people and sometimes we even envy people's lives or how they live, not realizing that everybody looks good when it's sunshine. But when you really get tried, amen, when you're truly, really tried by the salt that you're worth, amen, you'll find out quickly, amen, what a person is made out of. It's crazy when I was doing the studies of how the financial crisis hit back in the early 1900s, how millionaires began to jump out of windows when the stock market crashed because their foundation was their love of money. And when they lost their money, they had no desire to live any longer. But if you talk to some of us that came up on the rough side of the mountain, we ain't jumping out of anybody's window because we lost our money. We've been broke before, and we've lived broke before, and we've gone through, amen, without having all the resources that we need before. Our foundation was built on survival and on endurance and on patience and on long-suffering. But those who didn't have that foundation could not fathom the ideal of not having the money. It's based on the foundation. It's important. You know, we used to say you're judging people, but it is important to know the family background of the person that you're going to marry. It's important to know about their parents and their lineage. It's important to know where you come from. Mm-hmm. I know he's handsome. I know he's wonderful. I know he's fine. But where, where did he come from? I know she's amazing. I know she's got all that you want in appearance, but what is she made out of? What's the foundation, what, what, what was trained, how was she trained, what, what was she taught, amen, what was he, what, what does, does he have any sick tune? has he seen anybody go through anything, has he seen mom and dad grind through hard times, has he seen, amen, a hardship happen and they stuck together and they went weather the storm because you see some people, as soon as things get hot, hot in their situation in their life, they'll bounce on you and they'll leave you, amen, because that's what they saw in their life. So it's, it's important. You know, people say, it's important. You know, my, my children told me, says, that mom and dad, when we are serious about somebody, we'll, we'll bring them home. The ones we're messing with, we ain't serious about, you'll never know about them. You'll never know about them. Because the truth of the matter is, it's important to know the foundation of the person that you're willing, getting ready to live your life with if you're thinking about marriage. It's important to do a background check, to find out what's going on, where this person is coming from. And the church said amen. People get married and be like, I didn't know you was like that. I didn't know you was like that way. If I would have known that, see, you know, we got excited in the hype of the situation and not the knowledge of it. 
Get some knowledge. And all by getting what? Get an understanding. Amen. Foundation defined says the basis uh, or groundwork of anything. The basis or groundwork of anything. Don't get excited about the chandelier. Let's make sure there's a basement in this house. Let's make sure it's built with concrete, amen, and not sand. Let's not get excited about the aesthetics of a thing. Let's make sure the nuts and bolts is solid, amen? Let's make sure that the base is in the groundwork because some stuff doesn't look the best, but it is the best. And then some stuff, we make it look good, but it ain't made out of nothing. All right, I'm going to keep on going, keep on. The basis and groundwork of anything, the moral foundation of both society and religion, the natural or prepared ground or base on which some structure rests. I'm teaching you this this morning because I do believe you want to build something with your life. I, want, I believe you want something more than what you've experienced. And God told me to backtrack and say, look, it's not important. I can't talk to you about houses and lands and jet planes and wealth if your foundation is not sure. I can't tell you that, amen, that you're going to have wonderful marriages and great children and all this if your foundation is not good. Because if God blesses you with it with a bad foundation, you will mess it up. How many times have we seen our young people, amen, have an incredible foundation of athleticism, have been, that we, we've taken our children and we start training them in athletics at an early age. They get to Pop Warner. They're, they're in the middle school program. They're in the high school program. They, they, they articulate up to the college and, and with aspirations to be pro. And when that boy or that girl of yours in the summer that they're getting ready to go to college, you'll find many of them, amen, that summer, they'll mess their lives up with one behavior problem or another and, and forfeit the scholarship they worked their whole lives for because they did not have a, they had a foundation of athletics but not a foundation of behavior. And so whatever we train them to do and to be, that's what they'll become. The problem of it is if we don't give them the proper foundations the things that we don't teach them about their behavior and their actions will forfeit the things that seemingly come easy to them. It's important that we have a good foundation. It's important. It's imperative that we have a good foundation. We train our children, and, and based on how we train them is going to determine, amen, many times, I don't know about you, but I'm still living on the foundational principles that my mother and my father taught me 50-some years ago. Even though I've learned a lot of other things, there's some core things inside of me that my mother taught me. There's some core things inside of me that my father taught me. Mothers will teach their children, especially their sons, to have good manners. They'll teach their sons, amen, to behave properly. They'll teach their sons, amen, not to be too aggressive. But on the other hand, a father many times will take their sons and want them to be tough and want them to be rough. There's some conflict going on in the foundations that parents want to raise, especially boys and girls, amen. My, my dad will wanted to be, be tough and don't cry and be able to suck it up and be able to endure through because he knew that I was going to have to deal with life one day. I was going to have to deal with tough situations one day and I couldn't just crumble when things didn't go my way. But what if you didn't get that fatherly training and foundation in your makeup and now you're dealing with things passively and without aggression because only your mother taught you to not be that way. Hmm. That's why God gave us a father and a mother. 
And then a woman is, is taught. I mean, the mother teaches the daughter, amen, to, 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 to do certain actions, to take care of herself, to, to beautify herself, to teach her how to do hair, teach her how to cook, teach her how to clean, do all this kind of And a father teaches her daughter how, how to be loved and appreciated and admired and, and covered and, 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 and honored, amen, so that when she walks out that door, the first boy that says you're pretty, she don't lose her mind. But what if you didn't have the foundation of a father telling that you were pretty and you walked at that door not having the foundation of who you really, your, your really true worth and now someone else is able to take advantage of it because you didn't have that foundation. We're missing foundations. People are not bad people. No, we're, we're just, some people are just missing foundations. We're just missing some foundational truths that we deserve to have, but many of us didn't have it, and now we, life has had the best of us because we didn't have those foundations to depend on. We look at other stories of those who are wealthy. I got some things in my notes here. Those who are wealthy and those who are poor, amen. The wealthy and the poor, the only difference between the wealthy and the poor, I got some contrast here I want to share with you real quick. It says here in my notes here, interesting, Holy Spirit, it's amazing. It says, hmm. I say this in my notes. Just let me read my notes. Let us understand this rule of progression. Statement one, no one is better than anyone else, but it is true that some have better foundations than others, which give them the advantage in life and opportunity. Nobody's better than you. Come on, say that with me. Nobody's better than me. Ain't nobody better than you. No color, no race, no creed, no gender. Nobody's better than you. Nobody. Some people are performing better based on their foundations, based on what they've been exposed to. So I just want to share that with you. And we can do something about this if we can just have the knowledge of it. Because sometimes the enemy convinces you that this is the best it's going to be for you. And the devil is a liar. I mean, he is a liar. So let's go on. The Bi not the Bible. This is Dwayne's, Dwayne's wisdom here. But it is true that some have better foundations than others, which give them the advantage in life and opportunity. We have a person who has been raised in wealth, sitting at the table, listen, hearing how wealth thinks in the language of wealth, in the discipline of wealth. So you grow up in an atmosphere, in an environment of wealth because you live in it. You haven't earned it. You don't deserve it, but you are born into it. So it is much easier for that person to understand and transition into wealth because of the foundation they have been taught and exposed to. Your foundation or the education of your purpose and destiny. Case in point, how many children that grew up in the hood have a solid foundation of how the welfare system works? They know how Section 8 works. They know how food stamps work. They know the rules of get the money from free housing. Their foundation teaches them to have multiple children out of wedlock. Because if they get a husband, their benefits will be cut off. If, they, if they're taught how to underachieve in the marketplace so they can stay eligible for free handouts. This is a foundation that has been taught to that person. This person could have been the same as the wealthy one if they would have the same foundations. This is a tough word, but I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you anyway. It's not the child's fault. It's just the foundation that they were trained by. Comparison wealth, they always have, check this out, wealthy people or well-to-do people always have supervision throughout their children's upbringing. Their child is never left by themselves. 
They always have either they're there or the nanny's there or some kind of caretaker's there. Somebody's always with that child. Challenge. Most of the time, most of the time, people of poverty, most of the time, they are left with no supervision. You grow up latchkey kids. You grow up, amen, by yourself. You grow up watching the TV. You grow up because mom and dad's out there hustling or they're out there in the street or whatever their situation is. Many kids have grown up by themselves. I used to get upset. My mom was sitting right here. I used to get upset when I was young because my mom had a rule. When it gets dark, I want you to tell in this house. But then I had friends that could run the street all night. And I say, Mom, why do they get to do what they want to do? Why can I got to come in? She says, I don't care what they do. You're my child, and you're going to be in when it gets dark. I saw that, and it changed me. The, you got to, you know, it's, it's the training of our life. I can't desire something or want something I've never seen. Amen, somebody. Most of our children in, in our black communities want to be football or basketball players because that's all we've ever seen to be successful. That's the only thing that gets us out of our deprivation. That's the only thing that gets us out of our poverty. Are you hearing me, church? But if I were to see the lawyer, if I see the doctor, if I was exposed to the physician, if I was exposed to this or even exposed to the preacher, it would give me a different ideal of what it is to be successful. Foundations. If you look at some cultures, some cultures, based on your culture, they, some cultures, everybody has to be a nurse. Everybody has to be a doctor. Everybody has to be 
they have certain occupations that certain cultures really glean to, and they train their children to be in that specific part, and that's their foundation. They built a system of wealth and of increase for their culture based on that particular pathway. It's important, church, that we have foundation. It's important that we understand, amen, the structure and the routine that has to happen for our lives. I got so much to say and not enough time to say it. Challenged. The challenged parents, they are trained. Most challenged children, they're trained by uneducated parents. Exposed to language. Listen, exposed to bad language, strong slang, and survival situations. You're raised in drama and stress. They experience hunger and personal identity issues and appearance challenges early in their life because they they don't, they don't dress good, they, they don't have good clothing, which will shape their self-esteem and personality and confidence. Interesting. Foundation. Many people have, up to this day, some of us have, I, I deal with this all the time, people have enough money to live a very opulent life, but their foundation is so impoverished, they can't even experience and enjoy the increase of their life because of the tarnishment of their foundation. They're so scared that they're going to go back to that impoverished life again. They penny pinch and are frugal about every little thing because I ain't never going to go through that again. I, I, I had to move 10 times in 10 months. I, I'm never going to deal with this again. And, and they're just, the fear has gripped them to the place of their past experience. They can't even enjoy their future, their, their present success. I'm trying to get you to understand people that you're dealing with. It's not that they are Stingy. It's not that they are mean. It's not that they are selfish. It's that their foundation is ruling them. The foundation that they had nothing to do with that now needs to be repurposed. Let's keep on going. Y'all all right? It's just 11.01. Okay, let's keep teaching. Okay, let's see. Notes. Once you, once, uh, one cannot control their foundations. This is determined solely of the parents or guardians of your life. It is important who raised you and who raises them. Some of you have clean houses today because you probably were trained to clean. Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, you were trained to clean. You were, come on, let's clean this room. Let's clean this toilet. Let me teach our team to clean this toilet. Let's cut the grass. I was trained. My dad took me outside. Amen. He, the first couple of times, he, my dad took me outside. He's alone. We ain't had no riding lawnmowers back then. We had to push that thing. And we said, he said, I want you to cut it this way. Then I want you to turn. I want you to cut it this way. And I want you to do it like this. And he, he, he showed me how to do it the first couple of times, and then he left me to do it. <laughs> another, thing, another big thing, my dad, to, to this day, one of my foundations is I like a clean car. I like a clean car. Why? Because my daddy made me wash his car. He taught me how to clean the car. He said, come on here, boy. He said, nah, them wheels ain't good enough. You got to do them wheels better than that. So I'm, I'm very particular. I tried to pass that to my children, but they, 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 they fought me on that. They didn't, they, they didn't pick that foundation up. <laughs> they, they, they drive that thing dirty as ever, but they don't care. Like, they just drive it dirty. They care less. I try to teach them. To this day, I try to keep a clean car. Try to get the wheels done, get a little shine. You can't just clean. You got to get the armor all on the thing inside. And you got to spray the wheels just right. Have that thing glistening and everything, you know, because that was part of my foundation. If my daddy didn't care about how clean his car was, I wouldn't be caring about it probably today. It was part of my foundation. Do you understand what I'm saying? Many of the things that we practice is from our foundation. And here's the thing. If it's beneficial to your life, fine. 
But if it's deterring and tearing from your life, we got to rethink some things. We have to trace this thing back to its foundation. We got to get a jackhammer and break up that thing. We got to break up that concrete. We got to break up that foundation and re-pour a new foundation. Because some stuff that we were trained just wasn't good for us. It is more important that you know what a mutual fund is than you know the rules of Section 8. Come on, church. It's more important that you know the rule, how to write a check than you know how, 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 to, how, how to deal with food stamps. Come on, somebody. See, it's, 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 it's important that you understand the principles of wealth and the language of wealth then you know the rules of how to stay under the radar so you can keep getting free cheese. I mean, I'm running to people in ministry in years. I'm like, okay, John, Jill, why don't y'all get married? Well, you know, we're in subsidized housing. If we get married, we'll lose our benefits, and then we have, okay, okay, and, well, you know, we don't want to pay rent. So we're not going to get married. We're going to keep shacking up violating the laws of God so we can maintain the foundation of poverty in our lives instead of trusting God with wealth and go ahead and honor our lives with before God, moving out of the Section 8, paying full rent, full mortgage, whatever it is to live godly before God and believe God's going to take care of our resources. Can the church say amen? But that takes faith and that takes, that takes that's a foundation they have not been exposed to before. I'm talking foreign to them because that's not something they were trained to do. So I don't want you to judge these people. They're living based off of their foundation. And that they're doing the best they can from what was poured into them. And the church said amen. Amen. All right, let's, let's just keep moving on. It says, one cannot control these foundations. This is determined solely of the parents. I'm reading my notes. Parents of this ain't scripture. Guardians of your life is important and raise you. We raise them. Some of you have clean houses today. Because you probably train, you were trained to clean. Let me, let me put this in your notes. Routines are the practices of your foundational teaching. Without routines, there is no foundation. When you have no routine, you have no foundation in that area of your life. That means this area will always be a problem for you. It will keep you from being consistent in that area over a long period of time. You may have flashes of greatness, but not a consistency necessary to become great in that thing. Case in point, amen, we have, amen, if you don't routinely know how to save money, you haven't been trained to save, then you're always going to live what? Check to check. If you don't discipline yourself and have a foundation, see, many of us, if you were trained by your grandmother or your great-grandmother, you were probably, you probably were exposed to a saving parent. They were always saving because they experienced the depression. They experienced uh, recessions. They experienced hard times, and they learned how to save and not spend every dollar they have. But then if you're dealing with the generation that we're dealing with now, amen, they didn't have that, that trauma in their lives. They didn't build that habit or that practice or that routine, and so Literally, we've been trained by people that live check to check. Amen. You make um, you make a thousand dollars a week, and you're born five on Monday. You make two thousand dollars a week. You're born ten dollars on Tuesday. You make five thousand dollars a week. You're still born money on Tuesday because it's not how much money you make; it is the practice in what you live your life. Oh, I need to make more money. No, you don't. We need to change our routine. We don't need more money. We need a different what? 
routine. Say it with me. I don't say it with me. I don't. Need, I want more money, but I, I want more. I'm, I'm not gonna say I don't need more money, but I, I need a routine that manages money better. Because if I'm always lacking, even though I'm always experiencing increase, I come to church. I pray. I get prayed for. We get the word of God. We 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 we, we apply our faith, and God increases us, and the money comes in. But if our behavior hasn't been trained properly, we're still going to be lacking. Does that make sense? So it's not about the more money. It's about me. Training me to be a better me so when the increase comes in, I don't spoil it, but I can multiply it. All right? All right? All right? So let's move on. Let's move on. It says here in my notes, when you have no routine, you have no foundation in that area of your life. Whatever you're successful in right now, I promise you, you have a routine. If you, my son is a weight, a weight uh, trainer. Uh, he, he, he's uh, one of those um, fitness gurus. Jeremiah Bull, he's fitness. You know, see him on Instagram. Him and his fiance or girlfriend or the person that's with him. <laughs> They're always working out. They're always doing all that they do, you know. They're always doing all that stuff. And they look good. Lord have mercy, they look good. You can tell I, ain't, I don't have that routine. It's evident I don't have that routine that my son has. He didn't get that foundation from me. But he is practicing something on a daily basis that's bringing him consistent results. Stop crying about what you don't have and check your routine. If your routine was consistent, your results will be consistent. Help me somebody. I'm in, 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 in my, in my, what you mean? It's in my routine. My success is in my routine. Say it with me. My success is in my routine. This is not roulette, y'all. This is not chance. This is not, uh, I'm going to strike it rich. No, 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 no. Success is intentional. I've been teaching this for a long time. Success is intentional. You get a check every other Friday because you go to work Monday through Friday. It's a routine, and that routine produces like clockwork. You ain't got to pray for the check. You ain't got to speak in tongues for the check. You ain't got to, that routine produces that check. That routine produces that result. If you, don't, if you don't have a good routine, you're going to have sporadic results in your life. Why are you getting so excited about that? Come, calm down, calm down, calm down. So my question to myself, with my saved self, is why am I struggling as saved as I am? Why am I challenged financially as saved as I am? Why can't I keep a good relationship as saved as I am. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But I got a problem with my marriage. I got a problem with my finances. I can't keep a car. I'm always losing stuff. Lights are always getting cut off. Why am I always being challenged? Because your salvation doesn't guarantee you wealth. We want this Christian experience to, to nullify all of our dysfunctional habits. I'm saved. I shouldn't have to be going through this. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you still you still have to practice the truth in your daily walk. I ran around the church three times. I fell out of the spirit. I felt the power of God, but you still got to pay your bills on time. You still got to clock in and work on time. You still got to you still gotta, you still got to take care of business. You still you still got to work on your credit. You still got to do things with your saved self. You still got to do the things you got to do to be successful, and you got to build a routine. 
Amen, somebody. I got this little routine of mine. But close to the end of every month, I go online and I start checking all my credit card statements. I start checking all my stuff. Amen. I start checking all of them. And I make, I make sure I start paying them. I start making sure they're all paid because I experienced in my routine in the past that I forgot some stuff and it hit my credit and messed up my score. I say, you know, pain will definitely teach you how to change your life. Ain't that true, somebody? And so what I do now is I have a routine that I check all my credit cards and I check all my bills, amen, a week and a half before it's actually due to make sure that I'm on it so I won't have to ever have that hiccup in my life again. The only way I stop that hiccup is by changing my routine. I'm tired of these men taking advantage of me. I'm tired of these people walking out my life. I just need somebody that's going to love me and respect me. Then you need to change the routine of how you attract a man. Oh, let me go back up here. It's, 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 look at your neighbor and say, it's within your power. Say it again. It's within your power. You can always find the problem in your life if you just check your routine. Okay? Monday, you're disciplined. Mondays, you're disciplined. You have focus. You have vision. You already have, you have all your bills lined up. You have all your budgets all laid out on the table. Everything is good. But on payday, something happens. When Friday comes, something happens. All of that discipline on Monday goes out the window on Friday because something in your character, something in your behavior likes to reward itself on payday. I worked hard all week. I deserve to go shopping. There's a sale going on around the corner. I'm going to go have myself. I'm going to go ahead and treat myself. And it's not an evil. It's just a knowledge, a practice that you have to realize. You had a good strategy on Monday, but, you didn't, but that good strategy was a conscious strategy, not a subconscious strategy. It was in your conscious to do right, but it had, not been re, it had not been trained in your subconscious to carry it through. Have you ever desired to do the right thing, but then when it came down to actually doing it, you didn't follow through? Has anybody ever done that before? You had good intentions, but bad fulfillment. Because we have good intentions in our conscience, but we don't have the stability in our subconscious because we have not built that action into our foundation of behavior yet. So when that thing happens, oh, when my tax return comes back, come on, we get ready, I'm going to work with you now. Tax return money comes back on February and March. You, some of y'all got seven, y'all are, are one-day millionaires. You got seven, eight thousand, ten thousand dollars hit your account in one day. Boy, you feel like you can do anything. And right now, if I ask you what you're going to do with that money next February, March, what are you going to say to me? Oh, I'm going to put it away for a house. Oh, I'm going to pay off all my bills. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to set up an IRA fund. Oh, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Everything, everything consciously sounds very good to, you, to us. But let that check hit that account. Let that check, let that $8,000 hit that account. Let that $10,000 hit that account. See what you do with it. Man, next thing you know, Walmart then put on a sale on February and March for 60-inch TVs. You can get one for $8.99. You can get the newest version. Well, let me get this TV. Next thing you know, the car dealership then called you and said, you can get this car for $4,000 cash. You can have it with, you can do it. Man, you don't buy it in cash. You put the $4,000 down on something that's $16,000. Now you done created a bill instead of paying the bill off. Oh, I'm just trying to help somebody. Because our conscious thinks logically, our subconscious is what we really believe. 
what we really practice in life. And so we have to build new foundations. We have to build foundations that's going to stand. Another week of PHM Experience, a podcast. This is a production of Powerhouse Ministries Incorporated, located in Smyrna, Delaware, where Bishop Dwayne L. Bull and Pastor Sybil Bull are our senior pastors. Tune back in for another empowering sermon, class, or midweek service experience that we know is going to bless your life. As always, come with the experience.